0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Day Beautiful podcast feed. My name is Adam. I am the founder of Day Beautiful, the website and podcast where you can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out Day Beautiful on daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. And welcome to yet another First Taste reading series where I invite an author to read five minutes from their work to kickstart your week off with great literature and put you in a really good mood. Today's reader grew up between Oman and India, immigrating to the United States at 17. She is a recipient of the Best American Short Stories 2020 Award and fellowships from Asian America Writers Workshop and the Iowa Writers Workshop. Her debut novel as a finalist for the National Book Award in Fiction, All This Could Be Different, is out now. Please welcome Sarah Tanga Matthews. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so good, Adam. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure and honor.
0: Of course. And then your book, All This Could Be Different, is out now. Uh, And a lot of amazing things have been happening. But I'd I'd love to hear, what is the book from your perspective? Could you tell readers who may not have discovered it uh, what the book's about?
1: Yeah, happily. So all this could be different is ultimately a coming of age novel. It's also an immigrant novel and a queer novel. But in a sentence, you know, it's the story of this young Indian woman named Sneha who has just finished college and she moves to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a city where she knows nobody Mm -hmm. and reckons with her first job, her first love and her first real friend. Um, you know it's in many ways an attempt to while focusing on this like one very specific character this young person who is prickly and aloof and um, you know messy um, in in many ways um, and you know both flawed and vulnerable um, it's sort of the, the novel is an attempt to sort of spotlight this one person but um, as the novel progresses and sort of blooms outwards, it it really becomes this compound love story. It becomes this um, portrait, group portrait of um, young people of different races and classes, you know, striving to survive um, and live well in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the great American Midwest. <laughs>
0: I, I, during these calls, I haven't been talking too much about craft because I want to focus on the story itself, but you have published many short stories. you write. You have essays that you've written and now this novel. How does this novel differ when you were, how did the writing experience differ for you between this and your short stories and and reported pieces?
1: Oh, um, that's a great question. I mean, I think that there's something so interesting and irreducible to me about the novel as a form and about the novel as a process as well. I really experienced this novel as very in conversation with process wise with the failures I experienced around a previous project. Um, So I'd worked on this other novel for um, almost, um, you know, like seven and a half, eight years. And I just decided that I wanted to do something very different with this novel, which I wrote in 2020 and um, in a, you know, much more propulsive and shortened timeline. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the the things that came to mind that, you know, that I held very strongly is this idea that this novel would be causal, um, you know, Mm. that anything that happened because I wanted to avoid a certain kind of like bloat or descending um or just like an you know, like overly digressive novel. My rule for myself was that anything that happened had to have an effect downstream. And I ended up having a lot of fun with that. And I also felt like a, one one thing that I found interesting and quite different about it compared to short stories was I almost used I used the metaphor for myself of you know almost like growing coral or something. Like it just felt like I was sort of organic, like I was watching these um sort of multiple nodes, um often often chapters or plot lines or what have you sort of grow and expand um over time and then start to sort of like connect to each other and kind of create this like reef formation. Mm.
0: I, I can't your your writing in this is so beautiful and, and it's one of my f- like favorite prose that I've I've read all year. Um, and I can't wait to hear you read it. What would you be reading from today? What are you going to share with readers?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, That's really, really lovely to hear. I am going to read from the book's opening.
0: All right, thank you. Take it away.
1: Okay. All this could be different. Chapter A1. I would like to tell a story of a different time. I was 22, a teak switch of a girl. I had finished college. There were not many jobs. The economy had punctured like a tire. Obama had won a second term. He said, jobs, healthcare, national healing, he said. Trayvon Martin could have been my son. I was moved by this, thought that sort of imaginative exercise bravery. I would listen to his speeches on NPR as I dressed for work. I had found a job. This set me apart from my college friends. I was a consultant or going to be, this despite my RD degree, a consultant in training, three toddlers hiding in a suit. I did not consider myself a sellout. What I felt was that I had been saved from drowning. My classmates without jobs and moved in with their parents were working unpaid internships at noble nonprofits. I wished them well. My parents were not with me, had left me to make my way in the new country. I was glad they did not for now need me to send them money. They had before. My client was a baobab of a corporation. Fortune 500. They made car seats, heating units, pedometers, batteries. My boss demanded I wear pantyhose. You are a contractor, he told me. No benefits. Women who work for me wear makeup. That is how it is. My men wear suits. You must dress better than the clients always. That is how they know we work for them. We get the client to the definition of success. People only want to hire a guy when they want to be him a little. Remember that. Try some makeup, just a little, nothing tardy. I listened dutifully. The pay was only okay. Billable contractors wages, this despite the 50 hour weeks. I had to file self-employment taxes, but my boss liked me. Early on, he called me his rock star. This was funny to me since in actuality, Rock stars get on stage, perform, fuck many girls, wreck the hotel room. I, meanwhile, sweated competence, a hungry efficiency. Waxed my arms, radiated deference, never met a Gantt chart I didn't like. He had first offered me $19 an hour. His firm was tiny, only nine people. I said, thank you, I will think on it. I walked to a good restaurant in my college town and drank a full glass of white wine in the middle of the afternoon. I called him back. I said, hello, Peter. I have another offer, but I want to work with you. Would you consider 30? In the space between the gin bottles, the mirrored bar showed me a soft featured girl, skin the color of Hennessy, eyes vacant with fear. My boss said, like a God granting a boon, 23 an hour. You will relocate to Milwaukee where your client is. I will pay for your apartment. (laughs) That sounds great, I said. May have added, I'm honored I get to work for you. All nonsense. Once I hung up, I punched the air and yelled. I remember the restaurant as deserted, but it may not have been. This is not a story about work or precarity. I'm trying late in the evening, to say something about love, which for many of us is not separable from the other shit. As the summer began, I moved to Milwaukee, a rusted city where I had nobody, parents two oceans away. I lay on the sun-warmed wood floor of my paid-for apartment and decided I would be a slut. And That's it.
0: Thank you for reading that opening passage. Um, the book is set, you know, in the aftermath of Obama's election. Was was this something on your mind this book ever since then or did did the idea for writing this come come recently?
1: Um, you know, it's interesting. I I don't think that I thought I don't think I came from this place of like, oh, like Obama's second term,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, let me write something set there at all, but mm. um, you know, I I left undergrad in 2013, much like the main character. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to sort of write a certain kind of novel about that sort of heady and electrifying and scary and beautiful time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're somebody who goes to college, um, which is not the majority experience of young people in this country, um, but it's a lot more common now than it was a few decades ago. But um, if someone who goes to college, that sort of scary vulnerable wild time like finding yourself in the world which you know in the world of for for many of us means the workforce Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I I think that more than anything I wanted to sort of when I was first writing I just wanted to sort of like situate it in time and place and cultural history if that makes sense Mm -hmm. more than um, more than provide a, a commentary on Obamaism, although I think that subtly present, you know, by the end of the book, I think, you know, the reader can draw their own conclusions about some of the things that these characters um, experience, you know, regardless of whether um, a Democrat or a Republican is in power.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I graduated undergrad in 2011, and in that time period, I think between like 2011 and early 2015 I guess before like the, the next election kicked up it was just like a, a weird time for me with not knowing what was actually happening I felt like the world was this like the most safest place in some ways because like I was just like bouncing around like I hadn't start, started a full-time job yet I was just like writing freelance and, yeah. and like working at bookstores and uh, I worked at like a summer camp and then it was it was interesting. And I I think this, like the book isn't obviously anything like my journey, but I think it captured like the same feelings, which a lot of us have experienced during that time.
1: Totally, totally. And I mean, I think there's something so interesting about that time of life, which for me, I really, I really remember it as like, the world felt very opaque. You know, Mm -hmm. I was, I was this young person trying to figure out, the rules of how things worked, you know, um, something, (laughs) something someone told me once was that um, like when I was in undergrad was that whatever your first job was, you had to stay at it for three years. And I was like, okay, this is a given rule handed down, you know, from God Mm -hmm. or like, I just think that there, there are, there's something very specific about the experience of that, that chapter of youth, right. Where you are a full grown adult in all these ways and you have the responsibilities of a full grown adult, but you also don't understand in large and important ways the world that you're situated in. I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of like, that felt like a fruitful place to write from and about. I also wanted to write this queer love story. The main character, um, you know, falls um, falls for and has an off and on romance with a, you know enigmatic and beautiful ballet dancer. Mm Um, who's also found herself as a transplant in Milwaukee, and that's a lot of the sort of like engine, um, like plot engine of the book, but I wanted to write this, um, you know, like a certain kind of queer love story, I wanted to write a sort of like femme for femme, um, you know, love story, and also one where the main character, you could kind of see her being um, assertive, and like desirous and like toppy, but I also mm. wanted to situate it in a pre um, pre marriage equality world because mm. uh, for many reasons, including you know, I think it we sometimes like I think in the larger culture have like do kind of operate I think with very varying degrees of amnesia about so many things, um, and one thing that I find interesting sometimes is talking to people who are, you know, five years or eight years younger than me and realizing that they sort of just really have no conception of what things were like, even even five years before marriage equality, even like seven years before marriage equality.
0: Yeah. And then the last question you mentioned, um, you wrote this during a really wild time and now it's you know September when we're recording this 2022 and you less than a week ago were long listed for the National Book Award Foundation uh, <laughs> how how was that like what, what was your initial reaction
1: um yeah I mean I just genuinely am struggling to process it <laughs> yeah. I think I am the kind of brain that um you know, is very mildly prepper um, is what I like to joke about it. Like, I think I'm always thinking about, okay, if X or Y or Z that bad or medium bad outcome happens, here's how I'll prepare, which, you know, um, kind of comically leads me to not really be emotionally prepared for um good news and something mm-hmm. like your debut being long listed for the national book award is, insane and amazing news. So I feel really lucky. I feel like really very grateful to the whole stable of people who have gotten me here. You know, I really very fervently believe that nobody does anything worthwhile alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that belief is present, you know, in the in in the fiction I write, and it's um, hopefully present in how I live my life. So yeah, I'm feeling very grateful. I'm feeling the head spin of all of this. And, you know, I, I just really hope for anything that will allow this book a good life in the world and the and the the chance that i don't take for granted at all for it to meet for me for it to meet its people for it to meet its readers
0: thank you so much to sarah for joining the day beautiful podcast the first taste reading series obviously between recording and releasing it she was Went from the long list to a finalist of the National Book Award in Fiction. So, again, congratulations to Sarah and her book, All This Could Be Different. If you like what you hear here, please check out Day Beautiful at DayBeautiful.net and at Day Beautiful on all social media. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful.